Welcome to Farscape Friday, episode 31. I'm Kay, here with my co-host Taz. Today we'll be discussing the ninth episode of season two, Out of Their Minds. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of Out of Their Minds. The episode opens on the crew about to be fired on by an unknown vessel. The vessel has suffered heavy damage and Chiata and Dargo are struggling to get the defense screen up. Just as they do, the ship fires and everyone switches bodies. Shenanigans ensue as the crew struggles to survive further attacks. We learn more about what Pilot does and Zan tries to make peace aboard the alien vessel. This is a body swap episode on steroids. So many body swap uh, episodes that you'll see in science fiction shows usually just have two people involved, and often it's used as an infiltration tactic by enemies. But here, what's so great about it on Farscape is everybody on the crew except for Zian gets to play, and everyone knows that it's happening. So there's this huge kind of round robin going on. And then it happens again. There are two actual body swaps that happen. So this episode is just a lot of fun getting to see all the actors play each other. Yeah, and you can tell that they're having a lot of fun doing it. You can tell that everybody is just enjoying getting to play other people. There are some mannerisms that I think are actually just inherent to the actor rather than the characters. So sometimes I was kind of like, oh, that's hilarious. You can see that it's somebody trying to play somebody else, but, you know, it's still them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like... I just enjoyed every single body swap. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Yes, me too. So you have two sets of body swaps happening. On command, you have Crichton, Aaron, and Rigel. And so the first swap is John going into Aaron's body and Aaron going into Rigel's body and Rigel going into John's body. And I think the most hilarious thing of that one is that Rigel in a humanoid person just immediately falls down because he can't walk. (laughs) He's like in John and he's trying to move somewhere and he just kind of flops over. It's pretty great. Well, and how disgusted Rigel is by being in a humanoid body. Like, that's so funny to me is because he's genuinely like, ew, gross, not one. Yeah. It's really, it's really well done. Yeah. So actually I have the clip of the first reactions of that trio and I'm going to play it right here. What are you doing in my body? I don't know. But that's my, my, my body! I know, and this is my body. Look at it. Look at what I am! You? I look like, like Rigel. Who are you? Me, I'm Crichton. Now, we just have to just think for a second, try and figure out what happened to us. This is not some sort of sick hallucination. I want my body back, pilot! Uh What do you think? Of course it's me, John. Okay, I know this is crazy, but we need to focus. Look at me. I have no arms. Look at this. Aaron, focus. I need your help. Oh, I don't know what happened to us. I don't even know if this is real. It feels Shut up, Fluffy. Real. Mm. But I know that we were attacked, and if we're attacked again, the defense screen is... I'm insane. Power, so we have to get it full. I'm dreaming. Yes, that's it. I'm Mm. asleep, Mm. and I'm dreaming. I'll wake up in my royal bedchamber, surrounded by my concubines, and everything will be fine. Rigel, listen to me. I'm not listening to you. You're a figment. You're part of my imagination. Oh, Oh, that's great. That was real. It's the three freaking stooges I'm hitting myself. Rigel just going into complete denial and complete like I'm dreaming I'm gonna have concubines when I wake up which means that the whole last however many cycles he's been a prisoner also is a dream and it's great Rigel just cracks me up oh my gosh and I love I love Claudia Black trying to do John because it's so funny because she has like certain mannerisms that are John like she's John always has that thing where he like touches his lower lip with his thumb Mm -hmm. and she does that a lot but there's also just like the the way she delivers lines (laughs) it's the three freaking stooges in here it's good it's really good yeah of all of them I think that the actor who plays Rigel is the one that doesn't convince me the most 
And I think that's partly because mm-hmm. he's never on set with him. He does all his ha- voice acting um, in post. I feel like the intonation of Aaron's, of uh, Claudia Black's delivery of Aaron's lines is much crisper than what he gives here. But that mm-hmm. said, it's pretty great to see see Aaron stuck in Rigel's body and just being like, I have no arms. What the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, so funny. Well, because one of the ways that they indicate that the body swap is going on is they have the voices layered on top of each other. Yeah. Which actually, I don't know, to me, I didn't super care for. And I was kind of happy when they kind of tapered off with that later in the episode, because initially, I mean, it's like, good. They're trying to be like, Oh look, it's different. They're, you know, the something is wrong. I'm like, their vocal cords would be the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's mostly supposed to be an audience indicator to begin with. And and that's mm-hmm. why they take it out. Cause it definitely works. It works just fine without it. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I think it works almost better because then you get to see like the actual actors doing their thing. Like we said, what happens is this ship fires upon Moya and Moya just barely has the defense screen working. And so it's actually the ship firing and then only a portion of the of the weapon getting through the defense screen that causes everybody to switch bodies. And so that's actually the major impetus throughout this entire episode is that the ship is going to fire again and at first they don't know why they switched bodies they just know that it happened right and so the whole episode is kind of this race to fix things as things are falling apart and so that keeps the pressure up throughout the episode to keep things happening yeah the plot overall is very simple this the Helosians are the alien race and they're these big giant kind of bird-like wing-like creatures I've never seen it, but supposedly they're kind of based on or recycled from the Dark Crystal, the Jim Henson movie. Yes! That was literally the first thing I noticed when I was re-watching. I was like, oh my god, these are from the Dark Crystal. Yeah. I was, I was like, I have it in caps in my notes. I'm like, <laughs> Dark Crystal! Uh, which was also a Henson production. Yeah, yeah. So, so they look very alien, and it's like, I love it when they go full puppet on the aliens. It just makes my life that much better. So Zan is over on the other ship, so she's the one trying to negotiate with them and say, hey, we're peaceful. And of course, they don't believe her because they're a very aggressive species. There's this this time pressure to fix things and get the defense screen back up before the Helosians fire on them again. And another time pressure we have is there's been a second body swap between Dargo, Pilot, and Chiana. So Dargo goes into Pilot's body, Pilot goes into Chiana, Chiana goes into Dargo, and Pilot's not going to do so well outside of his body. And of course, the others have a hard time coping with all the multitasking that has to happen to keep Moya's life support going and keep her systems going and all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Chiana's body, who is actually Pilot, has an interesting conversation with Dargo, who is in Pilot's body, where he's trying to describe how to do the multitasking. And And it's essentially, he says, you know, you've got, imagine this red line in your in your mind and that's your life support and that always has to be in your mind and then everything else hangs off of it. I think Pilot and Dargo this episode was one of the most interesting relationships yeah. to develop. Yeah. Because they aren't they aren't two characters who have really had um, a lot of contact with each other or at least a lot of friendship with each other. So I actually want to play a clip after things have kind of settled down a little bit where pilot in Chiana's body is talking with Dargo because pilot woke up in Chiana's body and it was heartbreaking because the first thing he started saying was Moya 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 with this like desperate kind of edge to it and you realize that whereas to us we're just like oh yeah they're connected and they talk to each other but they're in each other's heads yeah yeah, there are true symbiotic relationship going on there. And the other thing, before we play the clip, that I really like about the Dargo Chiana pilot trio is it does force the interactions between pilot and the other two, whereas normally we see pilot interacting with Aaron, and here, here it's with other crewmates, and I think that's really cool too. How are you feeling? If I stay calm, I'm fine. But I still sense Chiana's body wants me gone. I never thought I'd be separated from Moya again. It's as though all my senses have have vanished. I can't see or hear or feel like I did. I'm beginning to understand. 
The glimpses I get of what you, experienced pilot, they make my own life feel insignificant. That's not true, Daka. It is. I have memories of my son, of a wife, but you have seen the galaxies and the birth of stars. But I have no, no memories of love, of friendship, none. You have the remarkable memories, Daka. What breaks my heart there is Pilot's loneliness, the sense of loneliness that you get where Dargo is like, you've seen the birth and death of stars. And Dargo is amazed at the magnitude of what Pilot has seen. But Pilot is kind of lonely because he says, you know, yeah, I've, I've seen, you know, the birth and death of stars, but I haven't seen you know I don't have a family and I've never had friends and that I don't know it's kind of sad to me because I'm like I think this far in at least the crew thinks of themselves as pilots friends and it's kind of sad that he doesn't really think of them as his friends or that or that he still feels the way he did way back in through the looking glass yeah no I know what you mean that was kind of my reaction is like wait pilot you have this whole crew that loves you my other reaction to to that conversation is Dargo in this ship and the, with the sensors and just seeing the, the enormity of the universe in a very different way than you do as an individual person. Mm. Feels like Moya is more a part of this bigger picture because she is this grand creature, because she flies through space and interacts with it much more directly than a humanoid or other species like a Luxon. And I think there's an awe there that you get from Dargo that's kind of cool that he's, you know, it's that moment of realizing your place in the universe a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with Pilot, it's the reaching for the intimacy and the domesticity of of a small group and a small family. Yeah. And maybe that's what Pilot is getting at is that even though these people see him as their friend, like Aaron definitely sees Pilot as, I think Aaron and Pilot are, you know, have just a really rich friendship, but at the same time, pilot could never leave the den and go hang out with them in the mess hall. Right. Kind of thing. Like if, if he wants to hang out with them, he has to do it from a distance and, you know, they can come to him, but his den isn't really set up for people to hang out. in. Right. It's his workspace. Yeah. And so I think what's the other interesting thing is you get a much better understanding of Moya and pilot how they communicate and their relationship with each other because Moya really struggles to function without pilot. We've said in the past that she would probably be fine without pilot, but that if she wants to have an interior that has atmosphere and have the ability to have a crew, she needs pilot. And so pilot is trying to teach Dargo. And one of the frightening things in this episode is that Chiana's body is rejecting pilot yeah so when he's trying to comfort dargo and dargo's like i couldn't handle it and pilot's like well you you would learn really quickly part of it is that pilot's afraid he might never get back right and on top of that shiana's worried about what happens if pilot dies while he's in her body like does that mean she is forever barred from it will she get back to it so there's Mm -hmm. interesting questions of what happens when that one character is in danger in another's body. What happens to the two of them in that case? Mm -hmm. Coming off the heels of The Way We Weren't, because I know that was a few episodes ago, but that was also a really heavy pilot episode. It's interesting because I think we get another facet of pilot here, like almost a different facet than we got in The Way We Weren't. And this is the pilot that that I think a lot of people remember because he's just incredibly patient. He's incredibly sympathetic. And also kind of fundamentally yearning for something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good description. And Gigi Edgley, oh my gosh, she does pilot so good. Yeah. Like, I think that, I'll be honest, I think she does pilot better than, well, actually, we don't really see pilot because when when he switches to Dargo, he kind of immediately passes out, but. He's unconscious from 90% of that. Yeah. She does an excellent job with him, though, just the way she gets his tone of voice and she has her arms kind of close in and her fingers kind of clawed up like his because he doesn't know how to use articulate fingers. And I don't know, there's a quality of her voice that just really captures it very well. Mm -hmm. She's a good actress. I think she's kind of underrated in the series. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. So let's see. Then we also had... Oh, my God. I know we're kind of skipping around here, but I deeply need to talk about 
Dargo as or Chiana as Dargo, Dargo as Chiana, something like that. But Dargo's body, <laughs> Dargo as Chiana, is amazing. Uh, Anthony Simcoe. Talk about good acting too. Anthony Simcoe knocks out of the park. Also, yeah, because he's got Chiana has this like really alien way of moving her shoulders and her arms, which you know we talked about back when she came first came on board, and we talked about how that really gives the impression that she's alien, and at the same time, it also you know, really kind of sexualizes her in a weird way. Like it's it's neat because it's not your typical way of seeing like, ooh, alien sex spot, you know? Right. Well she's she's a she's a creature in motion. She's someone who is almost always finding her balance, tilting her head, almost like interpretive dancing her way through everything. Like there's this kind of cadence that she has to her movement that's really kind of you know, it's not what we would expect from another human, which is much we can be dynamic, but we're dynamic in a different way. And, and so hers is kind of like a, a can't, I don't know, an angle to everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthony Simcoe really captures that with Dargo's body when he has Chiana. When he when Dargo is Chiana. When Chiana is, is in Oh my Dargo. God. Chiana is in Dargo. That's right. <laughs> That's the way I'm trying to say yeah. it. I know. And what's funny is they they also quickly realize that they need to label themselves because they are not able to tell who's who so john in aaron's body is the one who takes pictures of everybody and then puts name cards essentially on them so that everybody knows who everybody else really is yeah because there's some also some great like who are you going back and forth like dargo says it a couple times we heard it in the earlier clip when aaron's asking who the person in john's body or John's body is, Rigel's body is, right, something like that. Anyway, but they keep asking who the other people are. So he has these really great name tags with pictures, basically pictures of everybody to identify them. Mm-hmm. And what's what I think I love about this episode, there's a lot of things I love about this episode. <laughs> but one of the things is Farscape sometimes does serious episodes that have funny bits. This is like a funny episode that has serious bits. Do right. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the basic plot is, you know, it's, it's, as I said earlier, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. There's not a lot of plot plot there. It's really much more of the character-driven interactions with who they are in these new bodies and what it means to be occupying someone else's body. Mm-hmm. And they're solving a very simple problem. There's, like, no deep mystery here. There's a minor mystery of how they actually swapped, and they figure that out fairly quickly. It's the defense screen. It's the weapon. They interact. They cause the swapping the majority of the uh, of the scenes are seeing how they all behave in each other's bodies and one of my favorites <laughs> is is when so Zan has convinced the Halosians cuz she's on the other ship trying to negotiate to come aboard Moya to see that they have no weapons and there's no need to fire on them again and kill them and so they're waiting Chiana as Dargo and John as Aaron and Rigel as Aaron, Aaron as Rigel, and Rigel as John are all in the maintenance bay waiting for him to come aboard. And I'm going to just play it because it's self-explanatory and hilarious. Yeah. So the the ones you really need to know are that Rigel is in John's body and John is in Aaron's body. So yes, thank you for clarifying. Keep that in mind. <laughs> oh my, what's the matter? I feel, um, nothing. I just feel, um... What? Is, is my body okay, Rydal? Yeah, it's fine. Just, I think I have to, um... Now? Yes, no, right now, yes. She can't go now. You have to hold it. I don't know how to hold it, Chiana. I don't know this body. Then go. Just, just go. What? Here? You, over there. Now. Right. Go. There. Now. Dargo, is this guy here yet? He should be there, any Micron. Uh, Crichton! What? Uh, can you show me how to do this? Oh my god. Unzip. Right! Pull it out. Point it like a gun. And shoot. Are you the right way? Yes, that's fine. <laughs> Rigel has to pee and he doesn't know how in John's body. Oh my goodness. 
And there's a moment after the introductions with the other character when he's zipping back up and catches and Aaron's face as John in Aaron's body is just like horror and knows exactly what's going on. And she's like, he's like, put it away carefully. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, It's so funny. And I think just everybody here, you, they're first of all, just really stretching their chops. I think that, one of the funny things is that you don't really you haven't really noticed how similarly John and Aaron talk because I think that Claudia Black and and Ben Browder have much different delivery on lines. But this episode, I think that one of the issues for me was that um, sometimes because the words they use are so similar and because the way they solve problems can be very similar, you would be like, wait, is this Aaron is John or John is Aaron. And, you know, it was like a little bit something. Yeah. But just her expression there was 100% John Crichton. Yeah. I got to say, Claudia Black's expressions on her face as John, I always thought were super clear that it was him. Yeah. Because there's something completely different about the way she moved her face that was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. It's just a fun episode overall, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This is one of those episodes I show to people if they haven't seen the series to see if they're going to like it or not. That's hilarious, though, but this episode is so confusing. This would be so confusing to show to somebody. <laughs> but it stands alone pretty well. Like, you don't need any other continuity. You just kind of need to know that crazy shenanigans are happening, and it's funny. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's true. <laughs> so uh, the Hologian Tack is his name, comes aboard, and Zan has told him that John Crichton is going to give you a tour so you can see that it's all safe. So Rigel, as John, has to give him the tour. And they're walking around, seeing what's going on. And meanwhile, in the background, everyone else is trying to fix the defense screen. One of the other funny Rigel moments is when Tak, who has an ulterior motive of sabotaging Moya, vomits in the conduits where, where the defense screen is hooked up. And Rigel says something like, oh, no problem. I just peed in the maintenance bay. Yeah, he's like, we do that all on board Moya all the time. I just peed in the maintenance bay. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so funny because it's so true. Yeah. Because I'm kind of, and that was actually one of the things I was laughing at the most is that Farscape is a show that like 100% deals with bodily function. <laughs> do you know yes. what I mean? Like yes. when you're watching Star Trek Next Generation, you're not 100% certain that like, for example, any of the women ever menstruate. Do you know what right. I mean? Or like right. that anybody has any bodily functions other than occasionally you'll see people taking baths. And, <laughs> and Farscape is a show that is like, nope, everybody pees. Everybody vomits. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens. Yeah, like bodily functions are a major portion, like major part of Farscape. Yep, farting too. Farting is big. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of bodily functions and how people react john is trying to fix the defense screen but it's john in aaron's body so he's left alone working on these conduits and it's so funny because you can see he kind of looks around and then you you're looking at at aaron's back and john just like you hear the zipper and then it's like such a guy thing it's so funny I think we're just going to play Aaron and Chiana catching him. Crichton. What are you doing? Oh. Oh, come on, man. I'm... They're here. They're right here. They've been here for a couple of arms, and I just had to... You are mentally damaged. No, I'm a guy. A guy? Guys dream about this sort of thing. I'll tell you one thing, Crichton. If I find you've been dreaming anything else to my body, I'll break your legs, even if they are mine. (laughs) (laughs) So John gets caught playing with Aaron's boobs. Oh my goodness. Well, this brings up a question, though, because really the theme of this episode is like, how do you behave in someone else's body that you are temporarily the, the custodian of? Aaron says he's mentally damaged. She's going to break his own, her own legs if he does it again. How much, as the visitor, are you supposed to respect the other person's body? <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, I think there's a couple things going on here. Number one, 
they aren't 100% convinced that they're going to get back into their bodies because they think that it was actually the weapon on the other ship that caused them to switch bodies. They don't understand yet that it was the reaction between the weapon and the defense screen. But yeah, I mean, okay, because I think there's a couple different ways you can go. You can either go the, it's a violation. It's, you know, it's a, you know, like you're taking, he's taking advantage. It's, you know, like the hysterical route. Yeah. Or you can kind of go the route I went, which is that uh, technically it's his body at this moment in time. And he's not doing anything that's going to permanently damage it. And again, like, I don't really want to sound like a, I don't know, like a rape apologist here. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, come on. Like, if you're in somebody else's (laughs) body, you're not going to check out how things feel. And feel and work and everything. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. Yeah. And the other thing that, that happens here is... You know, there's the platonic ideal of how you should behave. And then you have the character in the other person's body. Don't lie. If it were you, you would totally be checking it out in private, too. Okay, I'm going to put this out there. If I was in another woman's body, I would still be checking out her boobs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. It's just like a difference. Yeah. It's just like, see, like, you're like, oh, this is different. Yeah. And it's also, I don't know, it's just so funny. Just, <laughs> it's so Claudia good. Black, like, I mean... Claudia Black and Ben Browder, really. They're just such fabulous actors. And uh-huh. so you can totally tell it is like John in Aaron. It's so good. I know. The I'm a guy. The way that delivery happens on that one is just so quintessentially John Crichton. The other thing is that it's partially that John and Aaron kind of have a thing going on. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think it would probably be a lot different. And not necessarily in, like, a squeakier way, because, like I said, it's technically, like, right now they don't know that they're going to switch back, and it's just different, and, you know. But I think it would feel a lot different if it were, like, Rigel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Although Rigel makes it pretty clear that he doesn't super like how, you know, humanoid... Those body breeders, yeah, I think he said at one breeders. point. <laughs> he is not a fan. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it because it is John and Aaron. Yeah. But one of the interesting side effects is that Rigel is just incredibly, incredibly squicked out at being in a body brooder. And Chiana is incredibly freaked out because her body at this point has been convulsing and spitting up like foam, which does not Mm -hmm. look really good. So Chiana in Dargo comes to Rigel in John and essentially proposes that they jump ship. But she does it in the most Chiana way possible. And it's a really fabulous scene between Anthony Simcoe and Ben Browder. I got to say, I just love it. Yeah, because like, honestly, there is like a moment, again, not like you ever forget that this is actually, you know, that these are actors playing parts. But at the same time, you're like, whoa, he is like, Anthony Simcoe is committed to the role of Chiana. (laughs) He is so good as her. Okay, here's the here's the scene. You know what you have to do, Rigel? Get the frill out of here. That's your answer for everything, Chiana. Just run. That's what you do, Rigel. Yes, normally, and I'd do it in a microt, except I want my body back. Now, why would you want to do that? This body's much better. You think? I know. Amoya, you don't have much competition, but uh, this is as good as it gets, Luggy. But this body is so white, and it only lasts another 40 pathetic cycles. Mine will last four. What are you doing, Charlie? I want someone to go with me. It gets lonely out there. Normally you have to rub my eyebrows to make me feel like this. I'll rub you anywhere you like in the transport pod. Don't you want your body back? I'd rather be alive in this body than dead, my own. Let's get out of here. Oh, no! No! No, I can't go with you, girl. What are you doing, Roger? Why do you want to stay? Because I need my body. Not this body. Only a royal Hynerian can reclaim my throne. And the hope 
of executing the cousin who betrayed me is the only reason I live. <laughs> so, Chiana is seducing John's body to try and get Rigel, who is in John's body, to come with her because she doesn't want to be alone. And can I just say, how awesome would it be if they actually left and we had the adventures of Chiana and Rigel in the other two bodies going forth into the universe? I don't know. I just kind of want that story now. <laughs> they would cause complete chaos, it number be- one. Number two, I think it would just be hilarious because Chiana would have to get used to being the muscle and not the like femme fatale. Right. The slinky one. Yeah. So anyway, I just I just love that. And uh, the other thing I really like about this conversation with the two of them is Rigel here. Yes. It's like hammered home. He, you know, his only reason for being, he says, is to get back and kill Bashan and take back his kingdom or his take back the Hynerian Empire from his cousin. And I just love that he just recenters his whole situation. Like, yes, he wants his body. Yes, he hates being in a tall, gangly humanoid. But there's this other really important facet of it to him. And it just brings, I think it centers Rigel here, whereas he's not just the comic relief, hmm. even though he has been for most of this episode. But there's still this very strong underlying reason and and history that he brings back up here that it's super important to him that why he needs his body yeah yeah because it you you really see his essentially his only reason for being is to get back his throne and even the idea of dying on the ship even the idea of being stuck as dargo forever he i'm sorry being stuck as john forever he can't let go of the throne which kind of, just like I said earlier about, you know, that says something interesting about Pilot, that Pilot still sees himself as lonely. I think it says something really interesting about about Rigel, that it's like the molten core, almost, of his entire existence. Yeah. That I think that if he found out, oh, the monarchy has been overthrown and now the Hynerians are a, you know, a democracy, I think it would just destroy his le- reason for living. Yeah. Like, I think Definitely. he's only surviving just to get back his throne. Yeah, I think that's true too. And I just love that moment of gravitas for him because as we said, this is a funny episode with serious bits. And this is one of those serious bits that really brings back his history as a deposed ruler, as a prisoner, as all of that. And it's not easy getting up in the morning when you're green sometimes. (laughs) Sorry, that was a little poor. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh, especially because Henson Company did Muppets. Yeah, well, that's actually, that's one of uh, Kermit the Frog's line. It's not easy being green. Yeah, no, I know. That was, (laughs) I know. Okay, sorry. We'll explain for our our listeners. Sorry for bad puns. Yeah, so meanwhile, Zan has been on the Holosian ship, as we said, negotiating, and... One of the things that Zan uncovers that kind of does fit back into the overarching season arc is why did the Halosians attack Moya unprovoked? And it turns out that they were attacked by Talon and Krace when they were went through. And, and Talon and Krace shot their ship and killed most of their crew. So there's this underlying tension with her is like, oh no, what's happening to Talon? All our worst fears about what's happening to him are coming true. Except it's not not quite that it turns out that the Halosians had had fired first so Zan on the ship yeah there are only two Halosians left there's the commander Tok who went aboard Moya and then vomited up this acid that begins eating away at the defense screen so that's how he's planning on on destroying the ship and then there's his second or the person who has been bumped up to his second because everybody else is dead and Zan is it's really interesting here because the second is kind of sympathetic to Zan because she just doesn't understand how you can care about a species that is not your own because her yeah. own species is so mercenary. And Zan here is, I think this is an interesting facet for Zan because Zan essentially is trying to convince her to kill her commander. Mm-hmm. And in the process, she kind of becomes friends with her. And when they're friends, the woman or the, you know, the female shows Zan the actual video of what happened with Talon. 
I am Captain Crace. We travel in peace, and we wish safe passage. Alice One, my ship's defense mechanisms have been activated. We sense your weapons are charged. Stand down. I repeat, we travel in peace. Talon, prime guns for retaliation. Fire now! You fired first. Talon just <gasps> defend itself. So Chris was honorable. He's not using Talon for battle. He could destroy us, but chose not. Why did you fire on Talon? Our code. Tech desires to evolve. He must register hostile kills as many as possible. I think this quote kind of actually, it circles back to something that John and Aaron were pondering way back at the in the first episode of the season when they were asking, can someone change? And I think it's interesting that the Halogians use evolve, I assume as, as a way of talking about moving up the social ladder rather than actual evolution. Yeah, it's very unclear. Yeah, but they keep using it. And I think it's an interesting word choice because here we do see a Christ that has changed. This is not the same Crace from the way they weren't, where, you know, he walks in and is like, shoot him, kill him, I don't care, whatever, do, you know. This is a Crace that initially tried for peace. Yeah, and you could hear in Zan's voice the relief that she has that, you know, it's not as bad as she feared, it's not as bad as they feared, that Talon has not become a murderer because he was taken with Crace. They are actually trying to move peacefully through through the quadrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the other interesting thing for Zan here is, like I said, she's actually trying to convince the other Halogian to kill Tack, the commander. And that's an interesting tack for Zan to take because Zan, when she was in captivity and whenever she's faced with an enemy, she always kind of tries to create empathy between them. And she always tries to – the way she fights back is kind of by building connections. Yeah. And you really see that here kind of take a dark turn. Yeah, well, that hasn't worked so far because she has been trying to build the connection of, you know, go aboard our ship, see what's what, you know, we don't have any weapons, we're opening our arms to you, but that doesn't work and the Halosians' tax still wants to fire upon them. So now that option has been exhausted and she has to find another method. And she is, you know, we've talked about the dark side of Xan. It's something you always kind of forget about until it comes out again, but she is willing to go that extra mile and, you know kill people if necessary yeah zan can get really dark when she needs to yeah the last bit of that little story arc is she does convince the female halosian to kill tack except when she does it the female halosian is like ah now all the glory can be mine and proceeds to continue with tack's plan of firing upon the ship of ramming the ship of ramming the ship, that's right. Because they have to wait for the weapon to recharge, so they're they're going to ram the ship. Here's one of those those little things where it's like, Zan, why didn't you do this earlier? But I, I kind of understand her character and why she didn't. But in order to take back the ship, Zan withers her arm, which is chained to the wall, and makes it small enough to slip through the manacle, and is able to then to like get a piece of metal on the ship and knock the female Halosian out and basically take the ship over. And it's one of those, Zan, you would have saved so much trouble if you'd just done this at the beginning when you were first captured. But at the same time, I understand why she as a character would have gone through this whole process trying to resolve it peacefully before resorting to self-mutilation. You know what I mean? It totally makes sense in character for me why she would wait because she was hoping to kind of resolve it peacefully and also because this way she only is one against one versus one against two. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, but actually does. what's happened is the, <laughs> they've had another switch because the Halogians got their weapons primed and Dargo barely got the sheet. Dargo as pilot or pilot as Dargo, one of the other. Dargo as pilot. Dargo as pilot got the shields just barely up and then they fired. And so everybody switched bodies again not back into their correct bodies. Right, because they're in a trio. So at this stage, okay, let me see if I can do this. Of the John, Aaron, and Rigel trio, John is now in Rigel, Rigel is now in Aaron, and Aaron is now in John. 
and of the other trio, Pilot is now in Dargo, who is unconscious, and is unconscious. Chiana is in Pilot, and Pilot... No, Chiana is in Pilot, and Dargo... Is in Chiana. Is in Chiana. Yes. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> uh, everything is good. It's so funny. It's uh, so good. Yeah. Because then Zan calls the ship, and Chiana is panicking as Pilot, and Dargo is trying to teach her what Pilot taught him. But first of all, Chiana is not Dargo. Chiana is not going to keep her cool under this sort of chaotic situation. Yeah. Number one. And number two... Dargo, at this point, Chiana is getting her information third hand. She's getting it. Pilot told Dargo, and now Dargo is trying to tell Chiana. So already there's like a degree of removed, you know, she's a degree removed from the information. Right. But she manages to get up a video of Zan. And so I just, we just have to play it. Zan is now talking to the trio on command. Which is Rigel, Aaron, and John. I finally have control of the ship. Is everyone on Moya all right? Well, that depends on your definition of all right, I personally would say no. shut up. What's the matter? It would take too long to explain. Look, Zan, we need you to do us a favor. We need you to shoot us again. Can you do that? What is this madness? It's not madness. Roger, why do you have a picture of Crichton on your chest? Let me speak to him. But I'm... Crichton. She wants me. Yeah. Zan wants to hear it from you. She won't listen to Rigel. I told you. You all say I'm paranoid, but it's true. No one ever frilling listens to me. Can it, Furball? Great. Now I'm getting yachts from my own body. By the goddess, what is this madness that has overtaken all of you? We'll explain later. Just shoot us, Zan. Full power, and don't worry, we'll have the screen up. Are you sure about this, Crichton? Shoot the damn gun, you blue-ass bitch! I'm sick of all of this. Yes! I'm sure, Zan. Just shoot us. Full power! Trust me. Everything will be all right. If you say so, John. Disgusting. If you say so, John, trust me, it'll be all right. And she believes it. Well, yachts, if I said that, you'd all vo- <laughs> Rigel, uh, played by Claudia Black, just steals that again. And I love that he's like, you never listen to me. Here's proof of it. And I'm just like, yep, true. <laughs> it's it's so funny because it's so true. I love how he's like, you all tell me I'm paranoid, but here is proof. <laughs> oh, so funny. And then also, you can't, I mean, obviously you can't see it. But when John playing Aaron... Or let me, let me clarify. When Aaron in John's body, he's like, it's going to be all right. And then he gives a thumbs up. And it's like with like John's cheesiest grin. And it's yes. so good. It's just yeah. so hilarious. But you can hopefully hear their voices even with the audio clip without the visuals. Like and I, how they're all in each other's bodies there. And I just think that's so cool. You know, they're and just the credit to the actors who are able to pull that off. Twice, you know? I mean, it's not... I think it's even better than that. Because in this scene, you have Ben Browder playing Aaron soon, playing John Crichton. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like an John, Orphan Black situation going on. Yeah. You know, you've got like... Because Aaron is like, is like her cheesiest John. And it's just the best. <laughs> uh, and I just... Oh my gosh. I still can't get over you know, Claudia Black as Rigel in that situation because it's so funny. You all tell me I'm paranoid. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, Zan fires the weapon again. They all switch back into the regular bodies. John is a, you know, annoying little shit and pretends that he's Rigel again and Aaron nearly clobbers him and they end up laughing on the floor together. It's actually a very cute moment between the two of them. Yeah, John Aaron Shipper's hearts rejoice. Yes. And so the fallout from the episode is Zan talks to Pilot and the rest, and she's kind of like, well, at least we can take heart and that Crace isn't using Talon for war, but Moya is still really sad because she misses her baby. Yep. And then Chiana and Dargo, who kind of had something going on last episode, have even something more going on in this episode. 
So we're going to play it, and then we're going to talk. What? Why are you looking at me like that? It's, it's nothing. It's just that um, my tank is a sword, and I've never felt like that before. So I was wondering what, what you were doing with him. Nothing. Hey, have you been speaking to Crichton? No. But, um... I, uh... I did want to say to you that I... I really... really enjoyed being inside your body. Oh, oh, um... No. <laughs> what I... What I meant by that is that... Uh, <laughs> and then she gives him this sly look and leaves command and he follows her and you know they're going to go bang yay the first confirmed sleepage <laughs> of Chiana and Dargo like I said I mean I do I like them so much because I think Chiana kind of gives she kind of makes Dargo a little easier she kind of gives him a little bit of levity that he needs and Multiple characters who know Chiana have said that she kind of needs somebody to tie her down, metaphorically. Although I don't really know what she's into, so yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. What do you what do you think about this for as like kind of the conclusion for where Dargo? I and like she... it. I do like it because it feels like a progression of what we've seen in the last several episodes: them flirting together, caring about each other, of Dargo kind of wanting more, which they discussed in Home on the Remains, and going that next step so it feels like a very natural progression to me i also like he says you've been playing with my tonkas which are his tentacle things on his head and he's like i was just wondering what you're doing in my body and her first reaction is have you been talking to Crichton?" which <laughs> <laughs> implies to me that she was doing exactly what john was doing with aaron's body with his body mm-hmm. with dargo's body and it's just i just love it that you know she can judge other people as much she want as much as you want but you know she was playing around with his body too Yeah. Well, the other funny thing about that for me is now that you've mentioned it, so humans and sebaceans are kind of biologically very, very similar, right? Yeah. But at the same time, Luxons and Nabari are physically very different. So I think that what is interesting there is kind of this like wonder of like, was she also just trying to figure out what feels good for him? Or even if like, hey, do our pieces that we use for sex fit together? Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. And also she's very, uh, you know, a very sex positive person too. And so I can see her just exploring just for exploring sake as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's good. Yeah. So then anyway, they, they kind of very quickly walk down the hallway and Aaron and John are sitting outside in the hallway on some supplies. I'm actually not quite sure why they're there, but that's okay. And then we get this really great shippery conversation between Aaron and John. They seem to be readjusting well. Uh-huh. Yeah, they say you have to walk a mile in someone's shoes to understand them. And I certainly know what you were doing when you were in my shoes, crying. Give me a break. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, you know. You were in my shoes. I was in your pants. Excuse me? <laughs> so yeah lots of experimenting going on by everybody involved okay but so here's my question dargo walks very quickly with purpose after chiana and we know they're going off to have sex and then Aaron gets up and like you know runs away from john playfully and john chases her do you think they went to have sex you know i would not put it past them I like to think that they do because I kind of like the idea that they're kind of casually sleeping together. But I just like that idea. I don't know. So yeah, I could kind of see it. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that initially when I watched this episode, I was like, no, because I, I definitely, well, I was watching it as a teenager and I think I was more like, a will, I was like, the attraction is like the Mulder Scully, will they, won't they? But I don't know. Now yeah. as an adult, I'm like, I think it just seems a lot more fun. You're right. Just to be like, maybe they were just casually having sex with each other. Yeah. Well, the two actors, Ben Browder and Claudia Black, have said on some of the other commentary that they played the characters as if they were sleeping together casually for the first couple seasons. 
and I don't know. I just like that idea a lot. You know, they're both adults. They've already slept together. They, Glaren's clearly said is, you know, it's recreation. I could get on board with that because their love story is the emotional love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a, will they, won't they have physical sex? It's a, will they, won't they be able to be in an emotionally healthy relationship with each other? Exactly. So that's that's the episode. Yep, pretty much. Tell us what your favorite swap was. Yeah. What was your favorite swap? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Chiana in Dargo's body because Anthony Simcoe knocks that <laughs> one out of the park. He really, really does. I really like uh, Rigel in Aaron's body, especially for that last monologue. Oh, that's so good. You all tell me I'm paranoid. (laughs) So good. But okay, here's the thing. But I don't think anybody is actually doubting that nobody trusts Rigel. Do you know what I mean? No. (laughs) Like maybe they're like, oh, you're paranoid just so that he'll be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it might just be him ranting as opposed to anyone having actually said that he's paranoid. Either that or them being like, you're paranoid because they don't want to you know, deal with him. Yeah, that's true. So good. It's a way to placate him. So good. <laughs> It'll be all right. <laughs> if I said Thumbs that, up. you would all vomit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. So good. What would you give yeah. this episode? Oh, this one's a four for me. I just love it. Yeah, I'll go with you. Um, I. I don't feel like it knocks it out of the park the way some of the other, especially the really hard-hitting emotional ones do, but it's definitely above average. Yeah. I think in terms of the, the straight comedy episodes we've seen so far, this is by far the best. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Actually, I'm trying to even think, have we had any like straight, straight comedy before? I mean, I kind of guess maybe the... No, Through the Looking Glass is pretty serious. Yeah, that one's definitely on the more serious side. I don't know. I'm blanking at the moment. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the first of Farscape's, like, comedy with a dash of seriousness episodes. Yeah, Crackers Don't Matter is also very funny, but it is so dark. Oh, my God, so dark. So dark. Okay, but actually, Crackers Don't Matter, I think that arguably could be an episode where it was like, yeah, it was a comedy that then they like put a bunch of darkness in. I mean, I was reading earlier that apparently they were trying to figure out how far the show could go, which is kind of why it yeah. got so dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is, yeah, yeah, this is a really good episode. All right. Next week, we're going to be reviewing my three Crichtons. Yep. So we will see you then. We are Farscape Friday podcast on Tumblr, Dream with Gmail, Farscape Friday on Twitter, and 